Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. The reading this morning is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in you, in us, but life is at, is at work in you. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Graham, for reading. If we haven't met before, my name is Pete Scammon. I'm the Associate Vicar. And uh, do keep your Bibles open if you have them at that reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that knowing you is like a treasure. I pray this morning that as a church family, even in our weakness, you would help us to delight in knowing you and have a great heart that others might come to know you too. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today on this Vision Sunday, we are going to think about the danger of losing heart, of losing heart in our Christian lives, and it's a real danger. We live in a country that has moved away from Christianity. Perhaps we are the only Christian in our class, or in our office, or in our neighborhood, and that is hard. The Bible's teaching on human sexuality and identity. It's not just out of date, it's also dangerous according to our culture. And that is hard. And when we do pluck up the courage to speak about our glorious Savior and his death on the cross to rescue us from God's wrath at our sin, and the people we speak to just laugh at us, well, that is hard. And even as we face hostility from a a world out there, we've also experienced particular challenges as a a church family over here. The pandemic, the sense of isolation, the sense of being scattered, the sense of losing momentum in our church life, that is hard. The Building for the Future project, As good and as important as that is, and more than that later on this morning, it has and will go on causing significant disruption to church life, and and that is hard. And of course, there have been leadership issues here at Forward Church over the last few years that we have to engage with, and that is hard. We face this coming year without a vicar, and that is hard. And so whether it is opposition from a hostile world or it's challenges that we face internally as a church family, there is a very real danger that we would lose heart 
in the Christian life. And it's not a new danger. The apostle Paul wrote 2 Corinthians 4 because 2,000 years ago, the Corinthian Christians were also in danger of losing hearts. If you have your Bibles open, just glance back to the beginning of 2 Corinthians 4, back to verse 1. Paul writes, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. And then if you scan down to the end of the section, the other book ends, in verse 16, Paul says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Can you see verse 1, verse 16, two bookends. Paul's saying, we don't lose hearts. And in the middle, he's going to write to help us to see how not to lose hearts in our Christian living. And so on this Vision Sunday, as we engage with the challenges we face as a church, my prayer is that the Lord would use these words from 2 Corinthians 4 to help us be of great heart as we face the year ahead. We pick it up from verse 7. Two great reasons not to lose heart. The first is this. Weakness is the way. Imagine you're a football coach and your team is 3-0 down at halftime. What do you say during the break? Come on, team. We, um, we've had some bad luck at the start, but we've got more skill, more um, uh, speed, more talent, better set moves than they have. Just stick at it, and our luck will change. Well, look at what the Apostle Paul says to the bunch of discouraged Christians in his halftime team talk. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. We'll think about this treasure more in just a moment, but can you see what Paul is calling himself and the Corinthians? He says, we're jars of clay. It's not very flattering. Uh, Yesterday, I enjoyed a nice cold can of Diet Coke. And as I drank the contents, I finished it. I I took the can and I, I crumpled it, smashed it up, and I put it into a recycling bin. That's what cans are like. You, you, you drink the contents, it's, it's flimsy, it's disposable, it's unremarkable, a can, and you, you finish with it and you chuck it out. And that is something of what a jar of clay would have been like back in the first century. An unremarkable, flimsy, disposable container. And this is not false humility on Paul's part or some British understatement. No, Paul really was weak. In chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians, he describes a situation when he was totally out of his depth. He feared even for his life. In chapter 2, when Paul speaks, people often turn away in disgust as if they smell death. In chapter 10, we discover that Paul may be great at writing letters but when you meet him face to face, well, he's actually really quite a disappointment. In chapter 12, he writes about this terrible thorn in in, in his flesh. We don't know what it was, but some terrible challenge to him as a Christian. Paul really was a weak, unremarkable vessel. 
nor was Paul's weakness some blip, some bad day. No, his weakness was an everyday, ongoing experience. Verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 4, he writes, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. In other words, weakness is the way. And not just for Paul. Notice how Jesus sets the pattern. Verse 10. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Think about marriage. When two people get married, they, they join two lives together and the belongings of both people become shared. You receive stuff when you get married. And it's not always good. My wife, Lorna, when she married me, became the co-owner of my GCSE math homework books and my favorite childhood teddy bear called Piglet, who had no nose because I chewed it off. A complicated relationship. <laughs> and when Paul became a follower of Christ... He was also joined with Christ. The experience of Christ became his experience too, and it wasn't all good because Christ in his life experienced death. That's the point in verse 10. In his life, Jesus was accused for being a fraud by his hometown. He was betrayed by his closest friends, opposed by the religious leaders, he was mocked, beaten, and sentenced to death. King of the Jews, they jeered as he died in terrible weakness. But you see, weakness is the way. It was for our Christ, the Lord Jesus. It was for his apostle, Paul. And as Paul writes to Corinthians, he's, He's urging the Corinthians and us 2,000 years later to get on board with God's plan for his church. Weakness is always the way. It's not much of a halftime team talk, is it? Who wants to be weak? Some of you may have been following uh, the events of last week when Tyson Fury uh, won his heavyweight boxing match against Deontay Wilder. Um, afterwards, he went to a nightclub in Las Vegas, and there's pictures of him up in the, in the DJ's booth at the front, you know, cheering and waving his arms as, as the great victor champion. And out below him, hundreds of people cheering his name and praising him. And it was just a moment of, of power, of strength. Like most of us don't want to be heavyweight boxing champions, but I know that I crave that sense of adoration of people making much of us and looking at us and going, wow, how strong. We were talking about this as a staff team this week. We were acknowledging together the great temptation we feel when we stand up and preach or when we lead a Bible study, or lead some event, we want people to look at us and think that we are strong. We have it together. But it's not just Christian leaders. All of us, as a church family, will feel this temptation. 
And so perhaps afterwards this morning, chatting over coffee, or when we come to our small group moment to share prayer requests, a big part of us doesn't want to let on about how weak we are. Social media works this way. So often people post only the good pictures of a meal with friends. Everyone is smiling. A trip to watch the football, a great day out. A walk in the hills, a glorious view. A holiday in the sun. But less often, here's the one of me crying on the kitchen floor. It's hard to acknowledge our weakness. Here at Fullwood Church, we've had three priorities over the last few years. Planting churches, training leaders, growing forward. And there's a huge need. Across this part of South Yorkshire, a million or so people more, most of whom don't know the Lord Jesus, who are, who are lost without him. It is right that we long that there are more churches, more opportunities for people to hear about the Lord Jesus and the treasure of knowing him. We've talked about being a resourcing church, a hub church, and there's a need for churches like that in our area to help support other smaller churches in our joint effort to proclaim the gospel. These are all good things, all, in a way, essential things, and I hope we don't lose them. And yet, in the good, there is a danger that as a church, we begin to think that we are strong. Weakness is the way. I don't know what the Lord is doing through this wretched pandemic or through the sad difficulties we face as a church family. We may never fully know this side of glory, but this season of weakness gives us an opportunity to reassess how we feel about being weak as individuals, as a church family. Weakness is the way it was for Jesus, it was for his apostle Paul, and it's the pattern for Christian living for us today. But again, what kind of team talk is this from the apostle Paul? How does knowing and accepting our weakness help us to not lose heart in the Christian life? It seems the opposite. The thought of being weak would discourage us, we would think. Well, in part, it helps us not to be unsettled when we are weak. The, the Corinthians were in danger of, of turning away from the apostle Paul because he was weak. They didn't like it. They didn't understand this pattern that God has for his church. And if we misunderstand the pattern, when we are weak, we'll be thrown by it. We'll want to give up and think something's gone wrong, that God has lost control, that it's all over. But when we know that weakness is the way it helps us to keep going when we are weak. But also, knowing weakness is the way changes our relationships with each other. It takes huge amounts of energy to maintain an image of strength on the surface when we are actually weak beneath the surface. It's exhausting. We can't keep it up. There's actually a sense of liberation 
when we start to tell people what's actually going on in our hearts and our lives, the discouragements we feel, the weakness that we own. In our conversations, in our small groups, as we talk with one another, as we begin increasingly to share our weaknesses with one another, we actually strengthen our relationships with each other. And what Paul discovers in 2 Corinthians is that actually as he opens up about his weakness to the Corinthians, they start to pray for him. He is sustained in his own weakness to keep going. And in our small groups, in our relationships, as we let people in, as they start praying for what's actually going on in our lives, we are kept, sustained. There's a real strength in knowing that weakness is the way. And part of our vision as a church, I think in this moment, is to get on board with the fact that weakness is the way. That is the season God has for us. And we'll have a chance in our small groups to think about what that means in practice for how we do church life and how we talk with one another and and engage with each other. But in our reading from 2 Corinthians 4, the biggest reason for not losing heart in our weakness is this. Weakness reveals true power. That's our second point. Weakness reveals true power. Look at verse 7 again. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. What is this treasure? Well, back in verse 6, just before our reading, Paul's been talking about it. So just look back to verse 6. Paul says, For God, who said that light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. This is the treasure. The one true God of the universe who flung stars into space with just the power of his word. The one true God who always was and who always will be. The God who is above all things, outside of time and space. That one true God has drawn near in the person of Jesus. He is a God of love and compassion, sending his son to die for ruined sinners welcoming rebels back into his family, revealing himself to those who have spurned him, that we might know him and rejoice in him forever. That's the treasure. And so my can illustration of a Diet Coke can, drunk and disposed of, it doesn't really cut it because no one thinks that Diet Coke is a treasure. Perhaps it's more like a priceless diamond carried around in a plain box. When you open the box, people don't say, what a stunning box. They say, what a stunning diamond. That's the treasure. Not the container, but the contents. Not the messenger, but the message. Weakness reveals true power. The Corinthians we're getting in a muddle over this. They were being drawn to the so-called super apostles, powerful public speakers, popular with the people, with a wealthy and comfortable lifestyle. And people get in a muddle today. I came across a church this week in the US that has spent $25 million on audiovisual kit so they can live stream concert standard music to 
the internet live. And I watched some of the footage of one of their meetings, and it was amazing. It was as good as any secular concert I can remember watching on the telly. But even as I watched the, the razzle-dazzle, the lights and the cameras, I couldn't help but think, where's the true power in this moment? In the container or the contents? In the messenger or the message? It's an important reminder for us here at Forward. I'm very excited indeed about the work taking place next door in our building. We need it. God willing, that building will be a great tool in the future for gospel ministry, a place to proclaim Christ to the next generation. But we must remember, the container isn't the treasure. It's the content, the gospel of Christ, God's glory that will be proclaimed in the building. But in this current season as a church, I wonder if we face a different kind of danger, not so much being carried away by impressive leaders in a flashy and successful ministry like the Corinthians. Now, I think we're much more likely to want to give up because of just how weak we feel, to curl up in a little ball in the corner and wait until we feel strong again. But here is the exciting news. Weakness reveals true power. When Jesus died on the cross, it looked like disaster, but his death was the opportunity for God the Father to raise him to resurrection life, showing incredible power. As the Apostle Paul travels around the Mediterranean, being constantly opposed and mocked and chased out of town, beaten, shipwrecked, in weakness, God's power revealed. Look at how Paul puts it in verse 11. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. You see, as God sustained this weak apostle, helping him to be hard-pressed but, but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed, in this weakness, God revealed his sustaining power in Paul. And the result, verse 12, so then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. You see, the Corinthians did hear about this treasure. This weak apostle, as he moved around the Mediterranean, despite all his hardships, God used him to proclaim the glory of the gospel powerfully so that people were moved from darkness to, to light. The Corinthians were brought to life in the gospel through the weak apostle Paul. It works. This pattern of, of weakness revealing power. And it's a great encouragement for us today. God's glory has not changed over the last 18 months. The gospel is still stunning. Knowing God is still a treasure. It is our greatest need, our deepest joy in life. And somehow in God's sovereignty, he is able to particularly use the weakness of his people to most stunningly reveal his gospel power. None of us would choose the season we are in as a nation with the hostility of the world around us, as a church 
with the struggles we face. But even in our weakness, it's a unique opportunity for God to reveal his power. And so on this Vision Sunday, as we take stock of where we are as a church family, as we look forward to the year ahead, I I do believe that 2 Corinthians 4 is a, a real word and season for us as a church. Weakness is the way. And boy, do we feel it at the moment. But it's not a call to to curl up in the corner until we feel strong again. It's a call to look to God and his gospel, the treasure we have, the message about Christ, to be confident that actually it's in our weakness that God will reveal his power, to look for opportunities in our classrooms, in our offices, in our buildings, in our preaching, to proclaim Christ even in our weakness, trusting that God will do something powerful and wonderful. And so this morning, the big application for us, don't lose heart in this coming year. Later on in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul applies this not losing heartness to the financial giving of the Corinthians. And that's why it's right for us this morning to also think about our financial response to this pattern that we find in Corinthians. And more on that in just a moment. But my prayer this year is that even as we engage with our weakness, whether from a hostile world around us or from our own personal limitations or from the struggles we feel as a church family, in our weakness, we would treasure God's glory even more this coming year. And as we do so, we would speak up with great boldness in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul. And as we do so, even if death is at work in us, life would be at work in many people who hear. Let me pray. Father, we acknowledge this morning that there's something in our hearts which pushes against being weak. We thank you for the honesty of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, again and again showing his weakness and yet also pointing the Corinthians and us to your great power and the glory of the gospel. And we pray this coming year, Father, you'd help us not to lose heart as a church, acknowledging our weakness, but remaining confident in the treasure we have. Father, please use us as a church, to convey this wonderful, life-giving gospel to a needy world this coming year, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.